Hey, everybody, this is Joe Lynn Turner, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Keep it rocked and keep it locked. to be this is small town music this is big town music he's ahead of his time you know but he can't use it if only he could prove it well tomorrow's just a song away a song away a song away hey everybody welcome to rock solid the comedy podcast for all things music both new and classic i'm pat francis joining me in the zoom room to promote his new album belly of the beast please welcome legendary vocalist joe lynn turner hey joe hey pat how are you i am good let's set the stage a little bit i'm in los angeles where is Uh joe lynn turner in an undisclosed location (laughs) in a bunker (laughs) you are out of the country though that's true Mm, maybe okay okay i like it i like it I'm playing right. 007 here, pal. Okay, it's cool. <laughs> First of all, Belly of the Beast will be released on yeah. October 28th. Uh, by my count, this is your 11th proper solo album, but you've appeared on well over 50 albums, which is incredible. When you hear a number like that, how do you feel? How's it, I mean, what do you think of this career? You know, I, I it's strange, but I just have no idea of time. I, I have I have no idea of time. It it just all runs together. You know, I think something happened a few years ago and my wife tells me it happened twenty years ago. You know, it's <laughs> it's insane. So I, I look back at it and I say, I guess I accomplished all that, but and I could remember everything. But I don't really uh, I'm not a, affected in a way by it in, in that way, you know. Maybe I feel maybe it's like old, <laughs> but I don't feel. But I don't feel old. All right, that's. I think that's the thing. 71. In our head, yeah, seventy-one. In our heads, we still feel young, even if the body's telling us differently. I agree with you on that. Oh um, yeah, the body's got a couple of couple aches and pains, but other than that, still rocking. Yeah, because you know what's still great is the voice. I don't. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know how you're still doing it at this point. Like, like to um, this level, I had a great teacher, and I think that um, that the technique he taught me and, and that I keep using throughout the years, all these years, has really helped uh, not destroy the voice, but to almost improve it. And um, um, I don't necessarily have to practice it anymore. It's like riding a bike, you know. It's all the diaphragm and. and letting the air pass through and shaping it with the glottis and all this. And I don't even think about that anymore when I'm singing. I just think, I just sing. But I think it's my teacher that the one teacher, I tried six teachers, Pat, and until finally I got the right guy. What about as far as vices that might affect the voice, smoking or drinking or anything like that? Is that all in the past? Well, I can't say that I'm a teetotaler, but I don't, I don't have a drink anymore. Mostly yeah. wine at dinner or something. Um, smoking, no, I don't like smoking, but, um, I've, I've changed my ways, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 
I lived it. I did it. I did it 10 times. I lived 10 lives, you know. I, <laughs> I, it's like the children now, that stuff. You yeah. know, I think it's like, it just doesn't do anything for me. So I enjoy my my life now and I enjoy my, my health. Excellent. Okay, so this is your first proper solo album since 2007's Secondhand Life. You've done other things in between, but I'm just yeah. talking as a proper solo album. Now, the feel of this album is much different. It's almost like it's a completely different person singing and writing these songs. Tell me a little bit about the process for creating Belly of the Beast. It's a transformation. It's the best way I could put it. It's, it's, it's a transformation from one, uh, one person to the next. I'm still the same person, but, but I think better. I think deeper. I think more artistic. I think more mature. You know, all things that I think are good. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I thought I had a, a, some really great stuff back then, but I think this is really a pinnacle this record, Belly of the Beast, is my my guts. It's my soul. It's my insides. It's it's everything I think about and believe. And um, that's important for an artist because yeah. an artist should re- should reflect uh, society and, and reality. And that's what I'm doing. I'm talking about the reality that we live in. And art should disturb you. It shouldn't. You know, it's it's one thing if you look at a a bowl of fruit. You know. In a painting, but it's another if you look at the cover of Belly of the Beast. Yeah, and that's an artist. That's an artist friend of mine. I saw that two years ago, and I said that's the cover of my album because it's disturbing. The cover artwork that your friend created—is there a name attached to that artwork, or was that artwork called Belly of the Beast? No, no, not at all. No name. He just, its a self-portrait. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, wow. He's a young, he's a young, edgy guy, tattoo artist and painter. And uh, he's had some exhibitions and we met accidentally. And um, I, Alexander, and I just took a love to this guy. And when he showed me this painting, which he had previously, I just went, this is the most incredible. I mean, he goes, that's a self-portrait. That's him doing this. It's his body and, and everything. And I said, this is perfect for Belly of the Beast. This is exactly how I feel about this. So it was, it was uncanny. Yeah. Very cool. Now, yeah. here's my other question. When I when I got the press release and I got the album, it came along with a batch of new PR photos for Joe Lynn Turner. But yeah. this looked like a different Joe Lynn Turner than I'm sure used to is. seeing. And <laughs> before I knew what I know now, I thought maybe you were leaning into doing some type of a, a character. You're doing a character with this album. Maybe this is a concept album, but there's much more to your new look. And I know you've been yeah. talking about this a lot. I, I wanted to know if you wanted to just thumbnail it Absolutely. for us a little bit. Absolutely. I I, I, um, I had alopecia since I was three years old, which is very strange, medically speaking, because alopecia doesn't really happen until people are around their 30s, 35. I had a friend who was thick black hair all over his body and he got alopecia at 35 i think it was yeah so my situation was a a real medical marvel in fact i'm in the uh, medical history books uh, at the mayo clinic in new york city because uh, 
my doctor Biscotti took me there and all of these doctors surrounded me. I stood naked on the pedestal looking at, at my condition because he was able to, with, with certain steroids, grow some hair again. See, what alopecia is, is an autoimmune disease. And if you don't know exactly what an autoimmune disease is, it's very simple. Something happens to shock the body. And once the body goes into shock, something shuts down. <coughs> Excuse me. So what shut down was the follicles on my, on my head. They're still alive. They're just shut down. They're sleeping because it, it wants to protect you. Your body's immune system. I don't have a compromised immune system. I, I Not at all. It's just that the body acts that way. And the doctors seem to think that back in 1951, um, they were given all kinds of uh, shots to us, like polio, measles, chicken pox, uh, uh, you name it. Uh, uh, and, and that I had an overload at a very young age as a baby. And uh, my body went into shock. And it manifested itself this way. Okay. So through the years, the uniform of rock and roll was always the hair. Right. So I decided to wear hair, uh, like many, many guys are still wearing hair today. Right. True. And 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 that's very true, more than you would even know. And um, I just figured it was time. It's always been on my bucket list, Pat. It's always been like always wanted to do this, but certain things grow together like an apex and it's like the top of the summit of a mountain i reached a point where i said now is the time for this album for, for this exact type of lyric for my messaging for my art and for my look this is a time of truth and this is the truth this is a time of 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 uh, of revelation of actually what apocalypse is is a revelation so it's an apocalypse this is the time where people need encouragement to be themselves and not be afraid to be themselves. And a lot of these factors contributed to why this was the right time right. and not before. Plus, I really believe now it's in fashion. Well, it is in fashion. Look, when you're, I can't imagine when you're a kid, it's horrific. The bullying and horrific. all that stuff. You have to be an adult male to be able to handle what might come with having your head bald or shaved or however. Right. But, um, That's right. but I think in, I think nowadays you can wear your hair any way you want it. Like when I was a kid, everyone wore it the same way. Now I see thousands and thousands of different hairstyles, even in my neighborhood here in Los Angeles. So bravo. I'm, and I'm sure, look, I'm sure growing up as a kid, if people knew about this and you were bullied, it it beyond sucking. But yeah, horrendous. When, when you grow up and that bully and turns on the radio and sees you, and you can turn around and go, you know what? I'm Joe Lynn Turner. Kiss my ass. You're not. Yeah, <laughs> and, you're not, not. Right. and you're not. And you're so, not. So kiss my ass. That's right. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. That's so, it. I'm I'm glad and you. It was. Yeah, and I'm glad you came through it, and I'm glad you're embracing Joe Lynn Turner. So yeah, yeah, you that's know, all. It, it, thanks, Pat. Thank you. You're welcome. You. And now let's move on to this album. Is this yeah. a concept album? You know, some people have asked me that because it sort of all flows together. 
But at the same time, it was never meant to be a concept album. No, not really. But the themes are similar in the sense that they all, um, it's like a web, you know, the web kind of meets each other. Although they're both, they're all separate and, and singular, I still think that they all match up to a certain mindset, a certain being. I think most importantly, it's reality. It's what's happening. It's what it is today. And art is a reflection of life. And artists should always reflect life. What, like, like his self-portrait, it reflected his life at the time. Yeah. That's what he felt. And, and art should always tend to disturb you. If you're looking at a bowl of fruit, you know, painted, that's one thing. But if you're looking at real art or listening to real art, it should disturb you. Because like it or hate it, you'll never forget it. And that's the point of art. It's to shake you up, to wake you up, to, to make you think something that you never thought before, maybe. Open well, up a door somewhere. Well, you, you are definitely achieving that with this album. It kicks off with the title track, Belly of the Beast. And immediately we know this is this is not the Joe Lynn Turner that we've heard before. Sometimes when the veteran artists make new music, they kind of lose the ability to rock. Well, this yeah. thing is so much heavier and darker than anything you've ever done. It's yep. it's kind of a revelation in that way because, you know, it just rocks. I don't know what else to tell you, Joe. You achieve, If you wanted to rock, you achieved it. Yes. Well, you're right. I did. And, and the whole point of this thing is to... Is to, we wanted to make a modern metal, melodic metal album. Melodic right. metal. Peter was very conscious of my classic rock, AOR type of upbringing, whatever. At least that's what people are used to hearing. And that's, that's the producer, Peter. He was familiar with that. I was familiar with his bands, Pain and Hypocrisy and Lindemann and everything that he's done. And we wanted to bridge, sort of make a bridge, you know, between those two worlds. And we kept putting ourselves always checking ourselves saying okay are we doing the bridge are we making maybe this is too heavy maybe this is too light you know and we would always come right smack dab in the middle for a melodic metal album and we achieved that now my subject matter is dark because the world is dark that's what's happening in the world and art is reflecting reality right that's what it's doing so everything at this point from a heavier record to a darker record to, lyrically and, and, and musically, it all fits right up to the image. Everything started to come to that apex, mm -hmm. this, to a point. So I have to say that, yeah, this thing rocks hard. Even the ballads rock hard. Yeah. You know, they're, 
they're the same ballads, but they're with a heavy undertone. Yeah. You know, heavy in music. So I think um, it's, again, modern, melodic. No. All the lyrics are written by you, I assume. Yeah, and melodies, yeah. They're from, from your heart and your head. Yeah. One of the new tracks, Tortured Soul, the lyric, I remember how the blood was spilled. I remember innocence yeah. was killed. In my mind, I can't forget all the sorrows and regrets. No way out, you know it's all in vain. Imprisoned by a This is not easy, yeah. breezy stuff. No, this is not I love you, Moon June's moment. No. No, no, no. This is, this is real life. You remember things. Look, this is, this, you remember things in your youth, how you were pushed around maybe, or how you were disappointed, how you, your heart was broken, things like that. But this is even deeper. This is, this, is, this is, we all have a torture. We all have a cross to bear. We all do. I mean, I don't care if it's one cross or ten. We, we have, if you're living in this world and you're doing anything, you're going to have some major, major stuff. And this is that, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. How the blood was spilled, meaning certain, I mean, look, war, death, I mean, uh, uh, innocence was killed. Sure. My innocence was killed. I can remember many times. In fact, yeah. the video that we've just made, we just made a video for Tortured Soul, which will be uh, coincidentally released with the album on October 28th. Okay, um, that is is it's going to be a it's a film it's a mini film, and we're going to have all types of different vignettes inside the actual video that relate to what happens to a child, or really it happens to it through the eyes of a child. Yeah, because that's when you're that's when you're critically formed. That's when you when you are really. My mother said, "I know who you were going to be at five years old because that's the man you're going to be." She goes, your childhood forms you. And then, as Springsteen said, like a dog that's been kicked too much, we spend the rest of our life trying to make it up. That's the damn truth. Yeah. We should try to get over our shit, so to speak. We try to get over our problems, over our insecurities. And that's what Torchy Soul is. He's tortured by these things. And, and he's to the point of insanity because none of it makes any sense to him. None, none of my bullying ever made any sense to me. No. And I, I don't understand why. Or, you know, I, I was talking to a guy with a lazy eye and he was made fun of. And I said, why do people have to make fun of that? I mean, if, if they were born so-called perfect, they should just be fortunate and happy. Yeah. But, Great. But, but to, to make fun of someone else like that, and I think that's a theme today of intolerance, you know, and, and of, I think it divides us. And I think that's a major theme today. It's it's yeah. like we're constantly we're constantly looking at our differences and not agreeing with them instead of looking at our sameness. You know, yeah. and saying, "Hey, we're all human beings, just trying to make a living here, just trying to get by." So tortured soul. It's heavy stuff. It's epic. Yes, it is. 
Okay, Joe, you're in the studio, you're writing these lyrics, you're recording this music, then you leave the studio. How do you leave this at the studio and then go home and have uh, dinner with the family and and uh, and and just kind of mellow out a bit? How does that work? Well, it's kind of like an actor who has to separate the character from the, from the personality, and sometimes they get mixed up, you know. Yeah, and I'm not I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie when I say some of this um, sort of uh, interfered with my own. Uh, relationships in life because I was in that head yeah in this mode you know and I was seeing things extremely clearly uh, and um, until I realized look this is the other part of you knows how to separate th that from this you are a spiritual positively spiritual guy you look at the best sides of life you look at you look at hope and and uh, and the goodness in yeah. people so you can write about hell, but you don't have to live in it. You don't have to. Oh, that's yeah. great. I love that. Now, yeah. when you go out and tour for this album, I'm sure you're going to do shows. Yeah. How will these songs fit with things you've done from the past, like the rainbow stuff? I mean, are you going to have to isolate this as one chunk of the show? Well, I don't even know how you'll make a set list where these songs will interweave with each other. That's the old Joel in turn. Like, let's put it this way. First of all, to answer that question directly, I will not do I Surrender, Stone Cold, Street of Dream, none of that. Okay. This is Belly of the Beast. And there are songs that were salt and peppered throughout my career, as, as, as one astute journalist uh, mentioned, um, that were touching on this subject, these subjects that, that I'm talking about now. And I'm going to revive those songs only in a much heavier way. Okay, uh, and they're going to fill in the rest of the forty, the, the forty-five on the album, forty-five minutes on the album. That's what's going to powder then the rest of the set. Okay, there's no room. There's no room for for the for I surrender in in this framework. You know what I mean? And the other thing is that I'd like to bring up is I've been doing some makeup dates for um, things that were pre-pandemic. You know, sure. that took two years to finally get to. Yeah. And they're pretty much old Joel and Turner dates, you know, playing sets of rainbow, purple, solo, whatever. And I wear the hair. Because this is business, Pat. Yeah. The business, that's the other guy. And if Kiss can do it, and many like them can do it, right. I can do it. Well, I, I've not? seen... It's business. I've seen you on recent interviews, and, you, and you've had... And I've seen you with the hair. Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, uh, first of all... I wouldn't have guessed for a second all this time that I've known Joe Lynn Turner that you were even wearing hair because it looked for me it looked natural because I can tell yeah. when someone's I can usually spot it I'll be like that's yeah. no um, so so I get it I understand what what you're doing and and why not why not I can why not, not many, yeah not, look not not many people could do it. you know that always used to that always used to sort of like scratch my head because. If Kiss can put on makeup and wigs, yeah, and then not put on makeup and wigs, right? It's all theater. It's all theater. It's all theater. It's show. It's show business. Yeah, and, Al and Alice, why, Coop why, Alice Cooper does yeah, it. Alice Cooper. Yeah, Alice Cooper does it. Alice Cooper is a completely different persona. Completely. Yep. Okay, and and if you ask me, I mean, but when it came to me, all of a sudden it was like, well, he's wearing a wig. 
So what? It's not what's on your head. It's what's in your head. Right. You know? Yeah. And the all. people, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and yeah. The people, that, the, the people that, that, that did, that made these type of comments, and you want to know the truth, they still make these comments, like put the way back on. It's so insane. What's wrong with their life, Pat? Yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. going on with these people? <laughs> must be miserable life to, to, to constantly... You know, live to bicker at somebody else and to call them names and to yeah. make fun of them. They live for it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I do want to touch on a couple songs from your past. One, one of my favorites, and I think might, <laughs> might be able to be revved up and fit in with the new stuff, is, <laughs> is from Straight Between the Eyes, and it's Death Alley Driver. Just love that song so much, written by yeah. you and Richie. One of my favorites. One of my favorites, absolutely. I opened the show with Death Alley Driver, uh, the old Joel and Turner show. Yeah. We could rev it up. We could heavy up the guitars. We could turn it into a metal uh, scene. Absolutely. And there are even better ones uh, that weren't so popular. Uh, Dark Days, um, Eyes of Fire from, from Rainbow. I mean, Babylon from one of my solo albums, Blood Money.
these are all touching upon the same subjects I'm, I'm talking about now, except they were just scattered throughout solo albums. Yeah. You know, along with the love songs and so on. So it's going to be a hell of a set because I've, I've got a lot of material that we're just going to heavy up and bring up to a modern level. Yeah. To a metal level. And it's going to sound great. I think you got to record a live album during this tour because people would just dig oh, it. Yeah. All right. I think so. The song Rise Up. This yeah. is this is an anthem for me. You know, don't give yes. in, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't you think we had enough? is an anthem this was meant to be an anthem this is the same statement that d snyder went to congress for fighting for the freedom of lyrics when we needed 40 years ago 40 freaking years ago yeah and it's still happening like now where there's censorship and all this bullshit that you can't speak your mind and you what happened that's just it rise up we have to fight for our freedom like it says freedom ain't free Free to me, free. And I think I think we've been sitting on the, watching the Netflix too long and we're not realizing what's going on. Honest to God, that is an anthem. And I want people to really understand that. We've been deceived. We've been betrayed. A web of, a web of lies is what they weave. And that's what I feel is happening here with the leaders of the world. We are in bad shape now. We're in bad shape. And you know something, Pat? We used to be rebels. We used to be outlaws. We used to be anti-establishment. What the hell happened to rock and roll? What happened? Right now, rock and roll is in the belly of the beast, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's that system. The system just swallowed it and shoved it down and made everybody conform like this. And don't say a word and don't talk about it and don't think differently. And lose your identity and comply. Not this boy. Sorry, <laughs> this, I'm gonna I'm gonna die I'm gonna die on that hill. Well, this you gotta you gotta have convictions and you gotta stick to your convictions. And uh, in preparing for this interview, I didn't even know about the band Fandango.
<laughs> and that's 1977. I listened to the self-titled debut. There's a guy in this band. He's the guitarist is Rick Blackmore. That's not Richie Blackmore. This is unbelievable that you could work with two guys who play guitar that have such similar names. That is just, this, that this was just is, crazy. Um, first of all, uh, his name is actually Blake Moore. Okay. Blake, oh, oh, okay. Oh, but, but wait, but wait, but wait. But still, how freaking coincidental. It's crazy. Rick Blakemore, Richie Blackmore, Ricky Blakemore, Richie <laughs> Blackmore. Okay. Okay. I read it wrong. Okay. No, it's okay. Uh, I'm just correcting you because it's not exactly the same, which makes it even freakier. Really? Yeah. Freaky. It's creepy. It's weird. <laughs> and and I, I always thought that. And I always I always dedicated albums to, to Ricky because he left us too early. He was in a terrible car accident with his uh, fiance and uh, uh. he was a brilliant writer, guitar player, singer, and and uh, just cut him down too early in life. And and that's a tortured soul part of me too. Yeah. You know, when you lose people, you've lost people, I'm sure. And, and when you lose people, it's uh, you understand it's bound to happen, but not like that, you know, right? Come on, man, you know that's just like uh, why, you know, it tests your faith. And uh, and he, um, I think he was only thirty-two years old, so he could have gone on to great things. But it's always he's always it's always been a uh, it always follows me around the Ricky Blakemore, Richie Blackmore thing. Yeah, and I think that I think that parallel is not coincidence but synchronicity because there are no such things as coincidence in my opinion there's only synchronicity and um, i think that's what sting meant by the song synchronicity and it's it, 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 it's a parallel universe that we that we live in we live in parallels and if you know anything about the matrix or you start to look into dimensions we can go on for hours about this um, that's what it is. It's parallel yeah. world. So very strange, yeah. but, but real, but real. Let me jump around a little bit more. In 2002 and 2003, you worked with Glenn Hughes on the Hughes-Turner yeah. project. Uh, Glenn yeah. was just on the show. He's been oh, on a great, couple of times, great. actually. Love the guy. Here's what was wild about this pairing is how did two lead vocalists decide to form a band together without that lead singer ego getting involved. We, we, that, that was a major accomplishment, I think, for both of us, because, because first of all, I, I, I known Glenn since trapeze, you know, mm -hmm. I met him once when he was playing at Ohio State University in, in trapeze. And then I lived out in LA and uh, we used to hang out and get in trouble together. But, <laughs> Yeah, the egos between the lead singers. When you have a spiritual hierarchy, which Glenn and I both do, when we live in a spiritual world, and I mean it sincerely, he's very he's a very loving guy, and he understands a higher purpose. You know, we we just fashioned out. Okay, you sing this part, I'll sing this part. We sing this together. We did all our harmonies together, etc. And uh, it really wasn't difficult. Because we understand the EGO means easing God out. Okay? okay. Even if it's not in a, in a religious sense, uh, you know, God, God, dogs, God is dog spelled backwards. 
it's not about God, but it's about the the fact that God represents a spiritual uh, higher mind, higher mind, the divine mind. Okay. Yeah. And we touched the divine mind where we said none of this is going to get in our way. Although some nights on stage, there was a little push and shove. Okay. <laughs> I got to admit that. Well, but it was healthy. It was healthy. You know. That, that makes a live show exciting. <laughs> yeah, it does. And we both tried to compete a little bit. And then we get off stage, you know, wiping down in the back with towels. And we say, man, you really hit that. Well, you came right back and did this. And wow, that was great. You know, that's and cool. That's healthy. That's like that's like a football team, man. That's healthy competition. Yeah. You, know? you push each other forward. Tomorrow never knows. Passes by it comes and goes. Let me go to 1990. You get asked to come and join Deep Purple for Slaves and Masters. For me, this works more as a rainbow album than a Deep Purple album, if I'm being honest. Was it a difficult decision to jump back in with some of those guys and, and join Deep Purple? Um, it, it was only in the sense that at the time I had offers from Foreigner and Bad Company. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, so, Foreigner fronted by Joe Lynn Turner, I would have loved to have seen what that would have brought. That would have been amazing. Well, it almost happened for two weeks uh, because, uh, because I went and uh, auditioned. And uh, they loved me, but the manager, Bud Prager, he was, he was, a, uh, he was the typical aggressive, arrogant a-hole. Okay. And um, and I had words with him, and because I don't, I don't eat shit, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> and I had words with him, and the next day, Rick Wills called me up and said, Joe, why'd you do that? You know, I said, because Rick, I'm not going to take his bullshit. And right. If I join this band, I'm going to have to eat his shit all the time. 
I says, forget it. I'd rather not. He says, well, look, yeah, Lou's coming back. He heard you were here. So, and I love Gramatico. I know him from Black Sheep. Great singer, great writer. And um, he said, Lou's coming back anyway, because, you know, it was between him and Nick, personal stuff. So he said, so, um, but I got another offer for you from Bad Company. And I was like, whoa. Paul <laughs> Rogers was always my favorite guy. This is before Brian Howe. Yeah. And, um, and, I, and two days later, before I had the opportunity to even talk to the Bad Company camp, I got a, a, a call from Colin Hart, the old uh, tour manager of Rainbow and Deep Purple. And he said, come on up and audition for Deep Purple. And I went, that's interesting. Okay. So I figured, what the hell do I got to lose? So I went up to Vermont, four-hour drive from Jersey, and went up to Vermont and uh, walked into this uh, stale, empty uh, type of, uh, uh, I guess it was a ski lodge that was abandoned <laughs> at the time. Okay. They like to do that. They like to rehearse an abandoned It smelled like beer and cigarettes, you know. And walked in and started singing Hey Joe. And then John Lord, rest his soul, he went into this piano figure, which later became the cut run Steve. started everybody agreed they said look the guy can sing he can write let's do it so that's what we did worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. But I always knew, I always knew I was an interim, I was an interim part. I was just, the, I was greasing the wheel, so to speak. Yeah. So that the wheels would stay on, on the machine. In fact, Ian Pace wrote a really nice article uh, about me and said that without Joe, the band wouldn't have stayed together. There would be no perfect strangers or any of that. Yeah. He said, uh, Joe was the, the bridge again that, that, brought, that kept Blackmore there. And uh, without him, there wouldn't have been any future to be purple. Um, so he said, so he did a really great service to us besides making a great album. Because yes, Maybe it's deep rainbow, right? <laughs> right? And maybe it is, but I think it's the best of all possible worlds. And uh, Purple wanted to have a bit more of, of a, a, a commercial flair to it. Yeah. Um, I'm, and that's what I did throughout my career. You know, I would write to the project. I, I brought Rainbow up to commercial chart success, sold more records and played bigger stadiums and stuff. 
I did uh, Mount Steam the same way with Heaven Tonight and all that, and the Odyssey record. I'm kind of like a song doctor. They call me, I come in, I fix things, we get sharp positions, you know? Um, I learned a lot from Desmond Child and a whole bunch of other people, uh, Holly Knight, uh, Diane Warren, about songwriting. So anyway, that's really what my purpose was there. So I knew gotcha. that it wasn't going to be long. Well, I didn't what, think I was going to be forever. What a great time in your career to be wanted by all these yeah. bands at the same time. Three big ones. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And then you get and, to play and, with me. And in the meantime, let me, I got to add this. Michael Bolton got me into doing jingles. And let me tell you, back then, jingles was paying residuals like you wouldn't believe. Nice. And you can sing for 15 minutes. You get a $50,000 check. It's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. TV, radio, you know. Now it's really buyouts and stuff uh, for that. But and it's the, the industry has changed a lot. But back then, it was unbelievable. And I owe it to Michael to get me into that. Because uh, that was the time I was singing backgrounds for Michael and Cher and Nick Jones and Billy Joel and you name them. It was, uh, it was always wild when I would pick up an album and see your name as a background vocalist. Especially, yeah. like I believe it's Stormfront is what you sing on. That album. Uh, I think yes. there was, yes. so that was like, I was yeah. like, well, that's, that's interesting. Joe yeah. Lynn Turner in the room with Billy Joel. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Billy's a great guy. Well, Mick was producing. So Mick right. always liked my voice. Yeah. And, and, and Mick, I sang one, one song. I think it saved me tonight on his albums, his solo album. And I had a, you know, kind of a thing together so for a while. I don't mean a love affair. I mean like a <laughs> professional thing. And um, that's that's how I got called. He says, you want one of the best singers in the world on your album? And Billy said, yeah. 
He said, Joe Lynn Turner. And I went on there with Ian Lloyd and a couple of others. And uh, Ian Lloyd was uh, famous for Louie Louie, that song. Yeah, yeah from story. Stories. Yeah, Stories. And um, we, you know, we, it was just a pisser, man, working with Billy, because we also did the Letterman show. Wow. We did, uh, uh, yeah, we did videos with him, you know, that later got on to MTV and stuff. He's a real character. He's a genius, Billy. But he's also a very funny guy. Very funny. <laughs> okay, let's get. I want to. I want to wrap it up. I want to get back into Belly of the Beast, the song yeah. "Fallen World." When I hear this song, for me, it was the, "God Is on Vacation." line yeah yeah child molestation god is on vacation yeah because these are all of the shall we say obscenities in the world sold our souls to the major corporation etc cetera, etc cetera. um this this song i i didn't know how to write this particular track so i tried a few different things but when i when i came up with this i sent it to peter and Peter just wrote one word back. Amazing. Nice. And I was like, I was like, wow. He doesn't say amazing, okay, ever. So I was like, wow. He said, how you did that? I'll never know. Now you put all that into one song. It's like a rap, but it's song, sing song, you know? It's, yeah. It, it's, it's the ills of the world. It's the ills of the world, all in one, you know, in, in one song. And I really do think God is on vacation. Yeah. Well, the the artists from the 60s who were singing about all these atrocities and are still around today, they they must be so disappointed with what they're seeing because they probably felt that within 20 years from what they were singing about, things would be wildly different and we wouldn't have to deal with all the atrocities that I won't even list. But you said we in child molestation. I mean, it's just... It's just heartbreaking that these things even exist in the world. It's unbelievable. So God is on vacation really did strike a chord with me and my ears. Yeah. I, I, that's, that, that was a line of sheer brilliance on my part. That's the only, I mean, I have to say it because when I came up with that, I just went, that says it all. You know, you have a moment, you have a moment and that was my moment. That's all. Yep. And at the same time, I wish you didn't have to sing that. I oh, wish that please. wasn't. I wish that wasn't how it is. But I thank you for shining a light on things. I, I, I thank you because that's exactly what my messaging here is: shining a light on things, 
pushing people a little bit, shaking them up, maybe disturbing them a little bit so that we can all come together instead of being divided yeah. come together and change the world. Changing. Well, you have to have hope. So you do. You got to have do. hope. Let me tell people where they but, can find you, Joe, on okay. tw- Twitter at Joe Lynn Turner, on Instagram at Joe Lynn Turner Official. Belly mm-hmm. of the Beast will be out October 28th. Mm-hmm. And Joe, in closing, I always end the show with a playout song. Is there a song from your entire career? I imagine it's going to be from Belly of the Beast that you would like us to use as our playout song today. Wow. How about you pick it from Belly of the Beast? Well, how if about I'm, you pick it? I give that that to you. What about you picking it? Well, because <laughs> I'm always I'm always interested to see what people think. You know what you think. Well, then I'm going to go with uh, you know it's heavy, but I'm going to go with Tears of Blood. I love it. I would have said that actually. All right, I think that is a killer track. Please. All see, right. See what happens when you give, you get. All right. Uh, Thank you, Joe Lynn Turner. Everyone follow us at Rock Solid Show and go to rocksolidpodcast.com and get ready to rock with tears of blood. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, Pat. All the best.